whether it's hunting, fishing, or just sharing the outdoors with friends and family, making memories in God's country is what it's all about. Welcome to the Cold Harbor Truth Podcast, presented by Cold Harbor Outdoors, with your host, Hank Parson. Look, we all have our favorite stores and favorite places to shop, and we all love to support local business. Well, here near Mechanicsville, Virginia, there's just one place in particular that I just have to stop by if I'm in the area, and that's Green Top Sporting Goods. Uh, here at Cole Harbor Outdoors, we trust Green Top for all of our hunting and fishing needs. I know right here, it's the Christmas season coming up on us, and uh, Green Top is really your one-stop shop for all of your family or anybody that's on your shopping list, whether whether it's a gun that you're looking to get for someone or yourself even, because I know there's a lot of good deals going on this time of year, but whether you're looking for guns or ammo or clothing, whatever it is, man or woman, it is is no better place to stop here than uh, Green Top Sporting Goods. And and I've got some really good friends of mine who have been working at Green Top for a long time, and, and there's just nothing like going somewhere and taking your business to some people that you can trust and you really know what you're getting from them. And uh, if you haven't already checked them out, uh, I really encourage you to do so. Um, And I know online shopping is a big thing now, but um, check them out at www.greentophuntfish.com. Or if you're in the area, look them up and ride on by there. I promise you will not be disappointed. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 5 of the Cold Harbor Truth Podcast, brought to you by Cold Harbor Outdoors. Big day today, Um, it's Tuesday, December the 7th as I'm recording, Um, the show will come out um, tomorrow morning, Wednesday the 8th, but today is Hunter Parsley's birthday, Uh, big day in the house, the president of Cold Harbor Hunt Club should be celebrated for sure. Uh, Dad, I love you, and um, I'm so thankful for everything that you've done for me and uh, and that you continue to do for me every day. Um, some people kind of joke we, we act almost more like brothers than father-son at times, but that's just because of how good of friends we really are, and um, just really glad that we're able to share these memories with each other in the woods and and in life every day but um again happy birthday dad but um a quick recap of this past week uh saturday we went with the hunt club to a piece in hanover county um we're kind of getting down to the part of the season where it may be a little difficult to uh i guess it's a little difficult to jump deer but you typically find kind of mid to late december when you do jump deer, it's more than one. Deer kind of start to get in these spots, maybe up a little closer to houses or a little closer to some areas that don't have much pressure. But um, overall, we were able to have a pretty good hunt with a good crowd. I think we were able to come away with eight deer, uh, pretty much all does for the most part. Um, but Saturday night, we had a really good crowd show up at the hunt club, and we had one heck of a throwdown. Um, we had actually some distinguished guests, Brian and Lindsay Trailer, Jordan Carmony, some members of the Cole Harbor Hunt Club softball team, and yes, I say Cole Harbor Hunt Club softball team. Uh, all you got to do is come in, come into the clubhouse anytime, and you can see the plaques on the wall, champions. It's pretty much what we are, but um, man, we had a, it was more than an all-you-can-eat spread at the hunt club. We had Vince cooked some deer tenderloin stir-fry, which was absolutely to die for. We had somebody bring in a, I think Mike Bearford brought in a Chick-fil-A tray with some nuggets and some chicken strips. Jerome Cotman came through with a huge pan of fried chicken. Julio Robinson um, had four or five big pizzas delivered. And 
AP had four giant pans of baked deer spaghetti. So, I mean, we, woo, we ate and drank a lot more than we probably should have, but man, it was fun. It's thank you to everybody who uh, brought some stuff and kind of contributed because that's that's really cool. That's what it, that's what it's all about is having those good times. Played some games LCR, uh, had some new winners. Eric Beer, oh my gosh, he actually won something. And um, Lindsey Trailer, I believe, came through and won. So congratulations, Lindsey. But um. Man, we're getting kind of down to the end of the season, unfortunately, as far as deer season goes, because with Christmas falling on a Saturday this year, we've only got three Saturdays remaining uh, during deer season. We've got this Saturday coming up the 11th, the 18th, and then season goes out on the 1st. So it's really, really winding down. But that's just kind of a little bit about what the Hunt Club and Kohar Outdoors has been up to this past week. Um, the main focus of this week's show is a conversation with my good friend and really Cole Harbor Outdoors team member, Travis Hunley. Uh, he is the star of the first ever YouTube deer hunting video that was successful, um, in Cold Harbor Outdoors history. And, uh, it's always really good to catch up with Trav at, I mean, golly, we could sit and talk. I think we could have talked in this conversation on the podcast for four hours. I mean, just running into one story to another to another. But without giving really too much away uh, at this point, we might as well just jump right on into the conversation. Uh, We thank you for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy. All right, so we're joined today by my good friend Travis Hunley. Trav, I appreciate you joining the show here. Welcome to... The Cold Harbor Truth, and it's uh, my understanding that this is your podcast debut. Is that right? Yeah, as far as I know. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, I feel pretty uh, honored, not 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 being sarcastic, to be on the podcast. Uh, I think it's pretty cool what you got going on, so I'm, I'm glad to join in. Yeah, man. Well, you know, kind of. Really, especially since the years once we both kind of left Ferrum, we've kind of gotten a lot closer and have hunted a lot together. And and you actually had the distinguished honor to be the first uh, the first hunter on video killing a deer for Cole Harbor Outdoors. So that's something that you'll you'll yeah you'll always have that. But uh, look, I know you're. Um, that's right. That's yeah, a... we, this is what, like, I try to think about this a couple times this year, and I've, I've yet to really put a finger on it. I think this is year, like, it's at least year five, I think, maybe six. Yeah, because I, so I, I graduated in 15, so I think that was the first year we did it, was that fall after that. Yeah. But... Yeah, I mean, um, we gotta look back. I, I try to look back through like old photos and, and pinpoint when it was. And I know, like I said, I think it's at least five. But yeah, but the, yeah, that was uh, when I quit coaching. That was like the hardest. Uh, the hardest part of it was leaving all the guys. And oh yeah, I tried to keep in touch with people. And you know, I, I wish I was in touch with more guys. It's hard to be in touch with everybody, but I try to throw a little something out there to, to, to everybody when I see them on like social media and whatnot, like That's they have right. life events or whatever, but yeah, some of us have kept in touch better than others. Yeah, um, for those of y'all listening, same. for those of y'all listening that don't know, um, actually Trav and I both played baseball at Ferrum College, but at different times. Uh, when I left high school, I went and played at Ferrum. That would have been from... I guess I would have played baseball in the springs of 2012, 13, 14, and 15. And Trav was the assistant coach for, was that three of those years? Is that right? Yeah, I was full-time there from the fall of 11 to the fall of 14. I left, uh, I think I started in like August, like beginning of that semester. 
and then I left that semester of 14, like the end of the year was my end date. Right. I got you. Well, I know uh, I was trying to think back. I mean, my gosh. I got, before we touch into really the hunting stuff, I got all kinds of good memories from baseball, but I know you you always got a good story or two to throw out there. You got any one in particular that kind of stands out from from Ferrum around baseball maybe? Because I know a lot of people listening probably got probably got some baseball ties. I don't know. There's a, there's so many that usually they usually start popping off when I'm around a bunch of you guys. And uh, I feel like Jordan Carmody's a good uh, story starter. He always is like, "You remember that?" And I oh yeah. Somehow get into a story, but um, yeah, there's a lot. I mean, we had a good time there. But, um, I'd say probably the just the one that stands out the most, that's most recent, is. Um, I, I, Marquise Johnson was a recruit from the Richmond area, and I hadn't talked to him in, in a couple of years. And he just popped up the other day, and he was as funny as he always was. And we talked for a while, and I think he reached out to some other guys too. I, uh, he's living in Raleigh now. I think he reached out to Easton, who lives in Raleigh, and it was it was pretty cool to catch up with him. He's got um, I think three kids and yeah, one man. away. He's married, so yep. My man could um, my man could throw it too. He yeah, could, he could. That, that's a good story, maybe from another day of, of when he showed up and everybody thought uh, he pretended to be a position <laughs> player and everybody thought he was terrible. Um, and he was nursing a bad elbow, and, and everybody was questioning my recruiting ability. They're like, "Coach, this guy's terrible." And I'm like, "No, he, he's he's pretty good." <laughs> yeah, he could, he could sling it for sure. And I remember he came out of the bullpen in a fall, like, inter-squad, or just we were doing, like, live BP or something, and it was kind of getting dark. I don't know that we had the lights on. It was probably a little unfair. Um, and he came out just chucking it, and guys were – guys couldn't really see it. Cause he was – he had, like – he was probably – I don't know. I'd say he was 88 to 90 guy. Might, yeah. like might a touch a one or two and, and – had a really good slider it was the same arm slot so it was pretty deceiving but yeah i mean he was the guy that showed up and like i don't know after he threw a pitch or two and you're in the box you kind of look back and like where the hell is this guy from <laughs> like that's not what you expect at all but i got to see yeah. see a little bit of that out of some guys like being a catcher like him maybe jared tally he that's not a guy that's not a guy that you think is gonna throw like he does but oh yeah but, um to touch on that story, and I'll just this will be my one story. When I went to see him play, it was actually at Hanover High School, which would be right down the street from from you. And um, he was at Henrico; they were the visiting team, and Hanover was loaded. They had uh, Chris Gilliam, who was a big athletic outfielder. Um, they had. The children's kid, I think his name yep. was, was a right-hander that was yep. 90-91. Andrew, Ki- um, Andrew Kisner would have still been there. He's, yeah, he's with he the a, St. Louis Cardinals now. <laughs> yeah, he's in the big leagues now. Yeah. Um, Yachty's back up. A, I want to say they had a second baseman that committed to Duke or was, or was going to Duke. I want to say they had another kid that was ACC-bound. And they, they had a, just a good all-around team. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I remember going up to the coach of Henrico and was like, "Hey, coach, you got anybody that can play? I should watch." And he was like, "He's like, man, we do good to put nine guys out there." He has an inner city, oh yeah, school. So I was like, "Okay, whatever." And um, they bring Marquise in out of the out of the bullpen in that game. They had a really good right-hander that started. It was a sophomore. It was like mid '80s, and um, I think he ended up. Yep. I, don't know I can't remember guy, his but, name, but I know who you're talking about. For some reason, I want yeah. to say his name is Andrew, but I don't know. I can't. His remember. name is is right there too. I'll think of it maybe. But yeah. um, so I get up to go like stretch my legs, and I walk down the third baseline, and I look, and Marquise is on the mound, and he's he's kind of got his little league glove, and his hair is <laughs> kind of coming out of his hat, and I was, and he gets up there, and he just starts chucking it, and I was like, "Good day, this guy's doing pretty hard." So I go back behind the backstop and throw the gun up, and he's like 87, 88. He's a junior, and I was like, "Yeah, this guy's this guy's pretty good. <laughs> What's wrong with him?" 
Right, and, uh, a guy that nobody pays attention to, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, high school that didn't get a lot of attention. And, right. Um, ended up, I knew his summer coach pretty well through recruiting, and then I was recruiting some other kids that were on that summer team, and uh, which were some new Kent kids where you hunt a lot. And um, Oh, yeah. We, he ended up coming. We, I remember he came to campus the week before uh, orientation, and I tried to get him to stay. Because I was afraid he wasn't going to come back. I was like, man, just let's get your mom to mail your bags. I mean, you just stay up here. <laughs> but uh, that orientation is a whole other story, maybe for another podcast. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, we'll. I'm sure this won't be the last one of these that we do. Yeah. We, got, there, we may just have to do one solely dedicated to telling stories. But it's uh, <clears throat> it's that's one thing, too. Like, you get together and and hunt with people but that's what i mean by it's so much more than just a hunt like oh my gosh we're getting ready to go on this trip here in a few weeks which we'll touch on in a minute but we're we will talk about the hunt but that will be like one of the last things we talk about like we'll just rib each other and tell jokes and stories and it's just a good time everybody it's just an excuse for us to get together it's pretty much what it is oh yeah but, for sure i mean it's yeah, we do analyze some hunting and and play it over in our heads. It's kind of like my, you know our golf game. We you know, we should have shot this and could have yeah. done this, but that's what makes it fun, really. Too is the the what ifs or the all the things that go into it, the preparation and stuff. Oh yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot that goes into it. I mean, but look, shifting gears a little bit before we kind of touch on touch on hunting a couple things kind of recently in your life uh first of all i had the the honor to be in you and kariston's wedding and uh congratulations to y'all man you got a thank you beautiful wife and and her daughter kinsley uh y'all glad to see you doing well and uh i know recently you have now moved for the 3000th time in the last (laughs) few years so but. Yeah, it's been a it's been a busy uh, few months to say the least. And it seems like I always do this during hunting season. I swear, like it's just the way I think my leases have worked out or my jobs have worked out. I always move in like October, November, right? And, you know, it's just it is what it is. And uh, yeah, we got married in middle of October. Um, yeah, which ooh, that's that's tough. Ran, yeah, that was a bad time for a lot of people, <laughs> but in the hunting world. But then um, I want to say it was like the Tuesday following the wedding because uh, we didn't we went on like a little mini moon to uh, like Sea Island, uh, which was a beautiful place. If anybody ever wants thinks about going there, it's very very low key, very different than the Carolina beaches. And uh, anyway, our there was a house that came up for sale like in the neighborhood beside ours and we were kind of looking but not like aggressively i mean we didn't have a realtor or anything like that and, right um, our neighbors actually looked at it. it was a for sale by owner and we went and looked at it and decided we were gonna buy it and that's what i've been doing for the last two weeks yeah. and i'm i'm absolutely exhausted we're still we still got a lot of boxes and in you know, a trailer full of trash and pumpkins and mums and stuff to throw out it's just it's a lot oh yeah yeah Mo- do, but. moving is not uh the most fun thing i wouldn't say but kind of the the neighborhood or area where y'all are man is awesome i mean you got right there at a golf course got that's a really cool like kind of tight-knit community i had a lot of fun when i was down there with you but um yeah, we- we didn't want to move far. We, we, that's kind of what we were just going to make do where we were because we loved it. That's there, right. Being at the golf course, which is my other passion or hobby, and um, it just worked out. We could stay there because we had a lot of good friends there. They're good neighbors and good people we've gotten to know. Um, most of them, I guess, through golf, through the golf course, and the, you know, the membership or whatever. But, right. Um, yeah, it's, a very, it's a nice golf course. It's, it's it's uh, it's kind of I say it's a good mix between like blue collar and a country club, but yep, I'd it's still say a that. country club nonetheless. And um, 
we just got lucky with that, and we're, we're looking forward to it. I actually, um, you, I mean, I'm excited about this, but I didn't think I was going to have any. I've been lobbying to have, like, a room where I could put some stuff. Like, I have, a, you know, a duck mounted, and there's a, a picture I got of, like, the DU banquet last year of a deer. Um, that I was like, man, I wish I could have somewhere to hang that stuff. And she's like, oh, you can hang in the building, whatever. And I'm like, I don't want to hang out there. <laughs> and so I think she saw the stress and the moving and, like, felt bad for me. And so, like, I'm using the closet in one of the guest rooms. So she's like, well, you can just hang all your stuff in there. And that can just be, like, your little room to hang yeah, stuff. Yeah, like, there really? you go. So, yeah, go. I got that going for me now. Hey, before you know it, you're going to have deer heads in the living room right next to the TV, kind of like me. It's awesome. I, I brought that up. It didn't go over well, but that's a, that's a, uh, that's all right. I got to get, get something to, to, to put up there before I push too hard. I got, the, I got the one from Lancaster out in the building right now. There we go. That's all right. Yeah, he's, he's on a little door hang, like a little uh, coat hanger hook right now because I've that's kind of got a bunch of junk in it too at the moment. So well, that'd be our, that'd be a good spot for a, maybe a man cave out there. It looks like that's, it's you know, that's the plan, but it's it's already got like a workbench in there, like an AC unit, and um, it's uh, matter of fact, my neighbor just beeps in the call here. Um, that was Marty, <laughs> my um, man. But, hey, uh, big supporter, shout out to my man Marty yeah, Bozeman. That's a huge Cole Harbor supporter there in Hartsville, South Carolina. But, yeah, I just declined. I'm sorry, Mike. Oh. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> so that, it's got like some paintboard already up, and it's got an AC unit and like a workbench already in there, so it's kind of like, like on its way to being a, a great little man cave slash like shop. But we have a pet rabbit who is now, <laughs> his home for right now is in there, so, uh, it's, it's got a lot of work. I got you. I got you. Yeah. Well, look, kind of moving on into, I mean, we could talk on here forever about whatever, but kind of going back to the hunting thing, I mean, I know we touched on kind of when we started hunting together, and and I remember in particular, this was actually when I, we were still at Ferrum. Um, I remember the first hunt, really, that we went on together down there at uh by chris's place down there good old snow oh, creek yeah. but uh this was uh okay so i am from hanover and up until recently within the last few years no rifle hunting for deer was allowed and i just really had no clue about that well this was before kylene and everything or right at the beginning of kylene i guess and so we go out to this place it's a really nice place where in this hay field sitting next to these round bales in the middle of the hay field and and trav's got his rifle and i'm sitting there with a shotgun about what 75 to 100 yards from any kind of woods so i know but <laughs> yeah on each side there was probably 60 75 yards and then in front of us was probably it was a long ways yeah. um but we had we had actually had a lot of I would say a lot of success. I'm going to shout some does there. And I saw some, like, during the rut, I've sat up there. I actually put a blind one time at the end of those row of hay bales and saw a lot of deer during the rut right around to that field. But they used to, they had cows in there recently, but they used to cut the hay and they had, like, a little, there was, like, a spine in the field where they would, you know, line the hay bales up to pick up when they came to get them. Right. The deer would just get used to them, so I would go just crawl between them, and it like deer would would walk right on top of you because they just weren't. Oh yeah, they yeah you and, just uh, hide in those things so good. Oh yeah, I, I've actually remember sitting there one time. It's the same thing when, when I'd go home and hunt with Chris. That was some of the only time we'd get together, so we'd end up cutting up more than we hunted and just catching up and having fun and laughing and i remember one time we were just sitting there with our backs against um two of the bales and this it was like a world-class spike comes out and he's <laughs> he's probably like i mean he's at least like 12 to 16 inches on each side he's just huge um spike <laughs> that's and right remember, down my alley i think i had just laid my gun down like 
like whatever and chris had his up and he propped it up and when he did the muzzle was like a foot away from my face not like in a dangerous way he's gonna shoot me but like if he would have shot i would have went deaf right. and i think we just like started laughing because it was just so ridiculous right. and this deer was just like oh it's like, man this, what is he doing <laughs> damn well Look, going to hunts that we've been on together, like, I mean, I was just looking back through some pictures, and like we were saying, really the only pictures that I can really look back and kind of put a date to, um, obviously last year, uh, Josh Wood came up, and we, we were on a, had a successful day of uh, duck hunting, and kind of got, that got ruined by a little chance of snow there, but... Going back to 2017, uh, that buck from Lancaster that you just mentioned, uh, we were actually able to double up that day. You got that nice buck, probably about what 19, 19 and a half inches wide, and and I was able to get yeah, a doe. I think you measured right at 20. Um, yeah. It was a five pointer with a broken brow. That was it was a younger deer, but I remember you know, Hank's always like, you know, the first deer you see, you got to get on the board and. Um, I think I was living in Charlotte, or I know I was living in Charlotte at the time. And, right. Um, I came down and went to this spot, and he walked out, and he, you know, he looked. He had a lot of horns for a five pointer, so I, I threw the gun up on the shooting rail, and I just there was a limb that kind of covered me perfectly from where he was coming, and I just told myself, hey, if he, if he clears this limb right in front of me, I'm gonna, I'll shoot him because that 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 bean field's probably what 50 yards wide. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. He was he was probably like 35, 40 yards. Uh, he literally walked. I mean, it's almost like he was walking on the limb, and he got right to the end. Yeah. And I luckily had shot my gun at the rock pile that afternoon before we went, and I hammered him, and he went like 10 yards and fell down. And Yeah. Um, that could not that was, have been scripted really any better. First time you'd ever been no. to the stand, <laughs> and it was early too. It was like, I mean, we still had over an hour of light left. I think. I mean, it I, was. Yeah, from what I remember, it was it was early, and I just yeah. sat up there. It was cold enough. We sat, and so you guys could try to have a chance. Um, yeah. I had some worse luck there. I think two years later, <laughs> yeah. um, I hit a limb and. And we literally, this is a great, it's a great story. Um, I, I had, I don't, know, I don't know if I want to tell this story, actually. I'll tell it. I think you um, should. So I had missed <laughs> a deer that scored a 189 in Virginia at the farm Chris and I hunt. <laughs> that, was like, story, that, that was like the week story. before, wasn't it? It was, yeah, it was the opening day of muzzleloader in Virginia and I had went home to hunt we had a lot of pictures of this deer we had fed them really good that summer we were really excited about it there was two really good deer on camera and I walk into the pasture I kind of got a late start and I walked into the pasture and had deer running at me it was just light enough I could see and a coyote was running them and they ran down in a cutover and um the coyote just sat down on like his butt, like a dog, you know, like sitting in your house. And I was like, what is that? Like, yeah. Is that another deer? And I couldn't see good enough. And finally I figured out it's a, it's a dog, a coyote. And I look and coming out of like where the head gate was at the top of the pasture, here comes another coyote. They pair up and like shoot down in the cutover where those deer went. And I was like, great. This is, this is great. Right. right. And they come out pretty quick thereafter i kind of just sit down in the field and they start running calves around the cows are running around like crazy and you know, by the time i can get down to the fence to like prop up and get a good shot they see me and take off in the direction i'm going so i was like right this is well, a this waste is kind of a bust, but <laughs> it's open day i drove up here you know back home from north carolina i'll go sit in the stand you never know it's the rut whatever well, on the way to the sand, I have a, another doe that runs right to me. There's a fence in between us, and that buck, the, the biggest buck we got on camera, is chasing her. Yeah. And hey. he runs around in circles, and I'm, I mean, I'm like, my heart is pounding. I'm excited. I'm like, nobody's going to believe this. I've been, I've been up here for 45 minutes on opening day my, of muzzleloader, my first day in the woods of the year, and I'm going to 
I'm going to shoot this deer. Well, he stops about a, I mean, I, it's hard to put a, how much space I had on it. It's between two trees. I could see like his front shoulder back to like his mid body. Right. And I put the gun on the fence post and pulled the trigger and he runs like 30 yards. And I was like, he's going to fall over. And yeah. then he just starts walking. My man and Levi is going crazy in the next room. Sorry. But he is. That was going on. Levi, calm down. Levi's excited about yeah, it. Levi, yeah, yeah he's, he's fired up all right. And uh, so, long story short, I miss the deer. I sit in the stand. I see another small buck. Don't see him. I hunted that day, that next day, and I took off that Monday again uh, and don't see him. So, Chris was like, I really wanted you to shoot that deer. You know, I, he worked hard on the food plot this year and got it. <laughs> You know, growing good. I think you should shoot him. And I was like, well, I had my chance, you know. So if you see him, let him have it. Well, yep. he shoots him Wednesday. <laughs> of uh, course he does. Two days or three days later. And um, Oh, yeah. That's a lot of similarity to my situation this year with that deer and bow season that I screwed up on. And then Connor killed him. <laughs> so it's right, very, very similar. similar. Yeah. Um, but to add to that story, I've. I can't figure out what happened because I'm my gun is literally resting on a fence post, and the last deer I shot with it was a deer at Lancaster that I smoked. So I'm thinking, right. and I didn't shoot it, which is my fault. But anyway, we I go back that Friday, and I had bought a box blind we put up there, and we were coming down. I was leaving Friday night to come out there to hunt with you, right? So we, we get back down to the barn, and I was like, hey, I'm going to shoot my gun, man. It's something, there's just something got to be off. I can't imagine what happened. So I put up one of those, like, little, I don't know what was on it, but it's, like, equivalent to the size of, like, the political signs people put in their yard. Right. And uh, Chris has got to go pick up the kids, so he's leaving. He's pulling out of the driveway. I pulled the trigger, and the gun doesn't go off. Muzzleloader. <laughs> and so... I'm like standing up, holding the gun away from me so it doesn't go off my hands and um, trying to get another cap out. He, he stops the car and he's like, he's like, what happened? I said, it didn't go off. He's like, he starts walking over. So I put a new cap on and I'm laying like on my, on the ground, on my belly, on a pack. It's the best thing I had for like a steady shot right. to sight it in or shoot it and see what's going on. Right. New cap, I shoot again and it goes off like a second later and it, I guess to let it slide on my shoulder during this time, and it barely hits the my little target in the top right corner. Right. So we come to the conclusion I have bad caps, or either my gun's dirty. And Chris says, "Take my muzzle loader. I'm not gonna hunt for a couple of days, or for a couple of weeks." He just shot the biggest buck he's ever shot. <laughs> yeah. Um, that I missed, and so I said, "Okay, whatever," because I'm headed down to hunt with you. So. I take his gun. I don't remember what day in the hunt. I want to say it was the second day. We go to Lancaster, and I have another good deer come out um, at the same farm, and he comes out broadside, and he just kind of—he was at like hundred. I think he was at one hundred ten yards. Yeah, it's across that stretch. It's between one hundred and ten and one hundred thirty. I mean, it's not a chip shot by any means. But. And I, I think I grunted at him to see if I could get him to stop, but he just he walked straight out and took a hard right and and just went directly away from me into the woods, like like he didn't want any part of that. So I was like, that's weird. So I, I mean, I, I don't I didn't have a lot of time to hunt, so I just snort wheezed at him to see if it something would would happen. I've never really done that or had any success with that. You know, you watch it on TV, right? So I did it, and he stops on a dime and starts weaving in and out of the trees, like making his way back, but he's still trying to be kind of like sly. Yeah, still trying to hide a little bit. Yeah. Well, he comes out closer and walks out broadside, and I'm in a ladder stand that the shooting rail is so low, you oh, have yeah. to be shooting like under the stand to lay it on there. So Yeah, that's on the guide, whoever that guy is. You might want to fire yeah, right. him. <laughs> But it's a great thing. It's, it's cut out of some pines where you literally have like a little square that you're sitting in. It's got great cover. Yeah, I mean, you feel and, like you could do jumping jacks in that and nothing would see you almost. Yeah, it's, it's perfect. 
so I kind of slide down in the stand and I slide my butt down so I can prop the gun up on my knee and I'm trying to slide down under the limbs and I shoot and he peels out of that field a little too uh, like spry for me to hit him and I was like right there's no way you know there's no way I put I put it like middle of his body because I thought you know, it was a hundred and plus yards I thought it would be safe to hit him there or shoot oh, yeah. there and um i remember I, I when i shot i looked up and there was a limb to my right that was shaking and it was the other limb was laid on and i was like no yep. way i just hit a limb like you gotta be kidding me it's two times in a week like i'm sick right and so i remember this is in the dark now yep we go down there find where he peeled out of the field and go down in the woods looking for blood or maybe some kind of sign and you found the bullet in the tree yep. or where it hit the tree and blew it out like a little yep and it was right like a, it would have been literally right over top of where the deer was standing i mean it didn't deflect the bullet hardly much but i remember that i found it right in the dead center of like a three inch around tree i have that was just luck but yeah i think i was down in the woods like towards the swamp more and you're like you gotta see this and i was like what is it yeah what what, what could it be and that was probably the crazy especially in the <laughs> dark that we saw that is the craziest right. thing i've ever yeah ever seen but, yeah but i'm i guess that kind of just confirmed that that tree branch was uh unfortunately bad bad news for you on that one but i ended up going back down there and i sat in the same stand about a week after you were there and i ended up seeing the same deer he came out in the same spot but like you said it was one of those deals where when he came out he was just on a mission and he just cut on across the field and i i couldn't shot him if i wanted to but yeah you know at the time i was angry to say the least especially after what had happened at you know, back in Franklin County, but it, it, it all was funny, you know, at the end, especially after, like, we checked that trail camera, there was a picture of him when he came back out the second time when I was sitting there, there was a picture of him, like, slipping around yeah. the trail camera. <laughs> yeah, just to <laughs> rub it in like, your face. Where I'm at. <laughs> oh, man. But, um, look, so this year uh, I was actually – all all the years in the past, all of our hunts have been in Virginia. Every and they've all been deer hunts, with the exception of last year's duck hunt together. This year, I got to come down to South Carolina uh, without going too in depth about it, um, because that video is now up on YouTube, and you can see that um, on Cold Harbor Outdoors TV on YouTube. But Talk a little bit about the South Carolina hunt and kind of the setup. And, and if you want to hit on the preserve a little bit, um, go ahead. Okay. Um, yeah, so, I mean, ideally I, I would want to come back up there or love to just this year, the way things worked out with the timing and the wedding and all that. It was not going to be really feasible uh, to do it and the season here comes in in August, which is yeah. is crazy. I mean, it was it was super hot when you came down that weekend. Um, so we still got to hunt in, but um, it's, it's a just place so that weird. Never, so weird hunting yeah. at that time of year for me, like that early. But yeah, it's it's very different. Um, so my wife's uh, her stepdad is the general manager of a preserve, and they do like bird hunting uh like do tower shoots they do quail hunting uh they raise ducks and shoot them out there um and they have like members of the club they have multiple deer stands and stuff like that and he he has some other stuff set up uh where i was able to to hunt a stand this year i I didn't get to go a lot here either even though it was just down the road just we had so much going on but um i had put out a camera and, and you can feed the deer down here so you can bait and it's over a big corn pile and um that was i mean that was a good time like always we you know we oh, shot yeah. a little we shot a little spike who was just unfortunately he came out right before the we were about to pack up and and we you know wanted to get something on camera so we 
let them have it, and we yeah we got some meat. So that's right. It's not all not all loss there, but typically we wouldn't have. Oh no, the way typically we wouldn't have shot them, but no, nah, I mean the way I look at that, like look, you got you got the tags, and you're going out there for the experience. I mean, look, especially like you said earlier, my philosophy sometimes and most times is the first first thing that comes out i like to break the ice i mean i like to get on the board and also i mean dude there's nothing like fresh deer meat i mean i love it i love it so but that was good that you were able to get on the board and we were able to get some footage for everybody to enjoy but uh, moving on from south carolina kind of to the what the to me the big highlight of this show and and maybe next week's and potentially a week after we got a big trip coming up next week and and i'm i'm pumped about it but share a little bit about what what that's about all right so um last year i went with a group of guys to arkansas um and i think you said earlier we duck hunted that was the only duck hunt we've done. I think I think the year before. No, nah, you're right. Bit. Yep, you're right. Yeah, you came we did up a little bit, and I know, like in the past, you haven't been as big into it just because deer season. Or you you don't really get into it until deer season's over, right? Um, which is understandable, especially with a club. But um, since I've moved down south, I've gotten more into it, and I feel like you've gotten more into it recently. But um, I, I got into it with some guys at work down here, and hunted some swamps and we went to the coast of north carolina a couple of years ago and then uh, last year some guys called me were like hey we're going to arkansas do you want to go and i was like yeah it'd be great um so we went and had a big time um it's another world of of like duck hunting from what i had experienced hunting swamps and wood ducks and pass shooting and i'm not yep. by any stretch of experienced duck hunter or anything like that i've I, no, nah, you um, mean either. Like a rookie, I love going. Um, but Arkansas was just really cool. Just the amount of birds was unbelievable, and uh, we had a good time. So we had already planned to start going again this year. And uh, I want to say one of the other guys that's going picked out this outfitter. Um, it's Treasure Island Outfitters in uh, Gobbler, Missouri, but. Everything so far has been really, they've been great to work with as far as, you know, getting everything's planned and set up. I actually talked to the guy yesterday. Today was the opening day of the second split out there. Um, I think he said they had, every group had six to ten birds uh, when I had talked to him. He said the weather was so-so, but but it was going to get better as the week went on so uh yeah i mean the long range longer range forecast from what i'm seeing it's going to be like a little milder maybe than what is ideal but maybe some rain showers mixed in with some clouds i mean it who knows who knows i i'm just i'm looking forward kind of the experience of it all more than anything i mean going uh, yeah you know we got a pretty good trip front of us it's gonna be fun just to travel out and we're staying at a really nice we're staying at the elk shoot lodge if you know if anybody's looking to go out there i think they uh there's the elk shoot and then there's the boot hill lodge which which does i don't think you have to have like you know like a, a hunt set up with an outfitter necessarily you can stay there if you wish for, you know if you have your own place or own lease right. out there or whatever um but that's where we got set up through them and the place looks beautiful um and some of the footage i've seen like of them prepping for the season look like some pretty cool spots and i, I think we're gonna be right off the mississippi um yeah we'll be kind of in I, like I'm the south to too. I, like you said the weather is going to be milder than you want but I mean, we're going to be where all the ducks are so that's right we got a better chance out there that's right but I guess we'll we'll be kind of in the very I guess they call it the boot heel of Missouri in the far southeast corner for this uh, at least right. what it looks like to me. But um, uh, we'll probably be driving my truck down there, and uh, just so you know, I am actually dropping the truck off tonight to uh, get the because for the last eh, 
last little while the the fuel gauge of my truck hadn't been working and uh, i've just been going off mileage but with this trip coming up got about a mm, in total for me it'll be about 14 to 15 hours one way so i'm going ahead and getting the uh, fuel gauge fixed tonight or tomorrow i should say so yeah that's probably a good idea probably <laughs> probably so ran out of uh ran out of fuel one time and uh don't want to do it again thank you to danielle uh for saving me there but um yeah but going with uh josh wood and connor what is connor's last name i've never met him before Klingenberg. Klingenberg. <laughs> all right 10-4 well well we are uh we're set to head out next thursday at some point and uh we're going to just try to – we really don't have to be there until Friday really in time to go to bed, but it would be nice to kind of get there in daylight hours and kind of see what it looks like around there. And and we'll be there. We'll be hunting Saturday, Sunday, and Monday morning, and then Monday will be a very long day on travel back home and work on Tuesday. It may not be the most fun day of work, but yeah, that'll be all right. That's a debatable – that's a, a potential – PTO day yeah, we'll, uh, as of right now. But, yeah, we'll um, see. Yeah, that was, I mean, last year that was one of the highlights of the trip for me was we got, we left on like a Thursday night and drove through the night and we actually went to Stuttgart because we were, we were hunting like an hour from Stuttgart and right outside of Jonesboro and we went to Max. We actually got there before they opened. So um, I think we went to Walmart, got our license and picked up a couple things and then we went back to Max. And then we went next door to R&T, and, you know, it, it was just a different landscape, oh, which yeah. is really cool. And the road we took to Jonesboro was like a two-lane road for the most part, and it was – we saw a lot of birds, but the amount of geese we saw was unbelievable. Um, it was just heightened our excitement. We were just pumped at that point. And, oh, yeah, I'm um, sure. It's just – all it is is just rice – fields and farms it was incredible and um so that that was cool too and we went you know on the way back we went to the bass pro pyramid in memphis and um you know we didn't do a lot of sightseeing but it, it was really neat too and uh that that should be fun too i, I think we'll get there in time to do a little bit of that yeah on, yeah uh, yeah Friday. and I don't, I don't know if our route will take us through like nashville i don't know how it'll work out but it's we got some potential for a few stops here and there to kind of some cool stuff to hit on the way but um but look man i don't want to uh i don't want to keep you too long i know uh you and i don't want to get kerrison all fired up i know y'all got some christmas stuff to take care of but holidays coming up i hope uh hope old good old ray hunley and the family and old j dog are doing good uh, there in good old Franklin County. Um, hope yeah, they're doing good. Um, yeah, dad, dad, and them got they got a lot going on too. With grandparents getting older, but they're they're hanging in there. And um, I think I think my, we got to figure this out too. My brother wants to duck, go on a duck hunt, so we got to figure out a way to get him in a flock of birds where he can just shoot up there and get a. That's one. right. Got to figure that, that, that be, out. The man. Be pretty awesome because we've done some. We've attempted some deer hunts before, and it hadn't worked out for him. But he, he isn't into it like he used to be. He used to be, you know, every season of Monster Bucks, he had it. And he had <laughs> – we watched them over and over. And That's now right. Yeah, I think some of us where I'm not at home anymore, he doesn't get into it as much as he used to. But Right. Um, definitely when things slow down, i got to figure out a way to – Oh, that would be awesome. Him in there. But, that would be yeah. awesome. But, but um, yeah, we'll get a we'll get a clarification on Connor's last name. Uh, that way, you can use. Um, yeah, I appreciate Klingenberg for ten percent off. Yeah, clean, that that sounds good to me. That's what I'm going yeah. with. That's what I'm going with. But um, look, hopefully, uh, after this is all said and done, and uh, we come back, maybe we can have an episode where maybe we can get Josh and Connor. Um, kind of on all sit down and talk about it and maybe maybe while we're there if one of the guys from treasure island be willing we can have a sit down and kind of talk to them about kind of how they go about things and and what all goes into because i know 
for 60 days, it is, or whatever it is for them, it is just hardcore hunting all the time and oh, scouting. Yeah. So yeah. I, I'd be really remember, interested in talking with them about that. Yeah, I, I don't know how these guys operate, but I remember last year, um, I think there were two like main like owners in the in the outfitter we hunted with and um one guy i think he was like a banker by day and, and at night or you know he was out there doing stuff for the the outfitter as far as like the bookkeeping and he did some hunts too like guiding hunts but the main guy that, that did all the work in the off season and he i remember his family came out one night and he said you know, if they want to see me during this stretch, they have to come out here. He said, I stay out here every night yeah, that's... You know, for for two months. And they were just like 30 minutes up the road. But he, he said, you know, they come out here during the duck season because we just stay out here nonstop yep. in the bunkhouse and just get after it. Yeah, that's pretty wild. That's pretty wild. But, but yeah, I'll, be ha- I'll have my camera stuff with me. Uh, we got to kind of got to sit down and talk about details, not necessarily on this podcast, but between the four of us about what we got to bring and and it's it's a lot more than just picking up and driving an hour to go on a hunt we got to make sure we're prepared we'll probably be out sort of middle of nowhere ish but um hopefully once we get back from that um we can maybe get up together and do some duck hunting here uh, potentially after the first of the year or or who knows and maybe We'll have to definitely mark it down to get together for the spring because it's looking like things are lining up pretty good for some turkey hunting this spring. And um, but man, I appreciate I really appreciate you taking the time, kind of on your ride home here, uh, talking with me. And uh, and I'll see you next week. Oh yeah, thanks for having me. And yeah, hopefully we got some good stories to tell uh, about the trip. And uh, I'm I'm actually going through work. We're going to hunt. Uh, the South Carolina Waterfowl Association, um, some of their property, I think, at the end of the month of December. And yeah, 2022 is going to be, we're going to get get things rolling hard. That's right. We're yeah. We're not just saying it this time either. Not have a bunch of events except for Jordan's wedding, which I think is early enough to not screw everything up except for the President's Cup. But Yeah, way to go. Hey, maybe we can still probably fit in come back like thursday like we could get in thursday or maybe if we could fly we could maybe stay till friday at noon or something and get back in time for the rehearsal i like that plan. yeah yeah we'll have to figure something out <laughs> but next year we'll be more focused on hunting than this year was allowed so that's right well all right man well i really appreciate it and uh we'll see you next week and um hopefully we can do this again in the future Oh yeah, look forward to it. If you enjoyed this week's episode of the Cold Harbor Truth podcast as much as I did, uh, please continue to tune in as we are planning to post new episodes one every Wednesday. Uh, For more content, please like us on Facebook at Cold Harbor Outdoors and on Instagram at cold underscore harbor underscore outdoors. And that is the Cold Harbor Truth.